And it is a good time of year, isn't it? It's a really special time of year, as Rachel said. There's just so much about this time, though, tomorrow especially, but this whole season, there's, there's something so special about it. And it's a time that people look forward to and, and wait with anticipation for this, this time of year. You've kind of been working all year long because you know that this season's coming, Christmas is coming, and there's special stuff about this the season, and if we went around the room and we asked, there would be, I think everybody would have a different special thing that, that is about the season, that for, for them is what sets the season apart, uh, apart from the rest of it. So what is it that makes Christmas and the this, this season so special? Is it the, the long summer days? Is it having time off work? Is it spending time at home and, and getting things done that you've wanted to get done the whole year long? Is it shopping? Awesome. Okay, I just had to put that in there just in case. Okay, we're just going to make sure that we cover every spectrum. But, but, but maybe it's, it's finding the perfect gift for Christmas for somebody that you love or somebody who's special. Or, or maybe it's getting gifts. Who, who likes receiving a gift around this time of year? There's a couple more yeses than the actual giving the gifts. Come on, guys. <laughs> maybe it's family dinners. We love getting together with our family and having, having dinners and, and getting together with people that we haven't seen for months. Maybe family members. I'm looking at... Uh, Phil and Mary with their, their whole family gathering together this time of year. It's just so special. Um, maybe it's the food. Oh, the food. Come on. Roast dinner when it's like 34 degrees outside. Uh, bring it on. It's nothing like it. Like, in what? <laughs> it's good. The food is good. But maybe it's the food. Maybe it's singing Christmas carols. Some of you aren't so sure about Christmas carols, but maybe it's singing Christmas carols. I don't know about you, but I, 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 I don't get into it until I have a Christmas bit of a carol sing-along and you, you sing those songs that maybe there's a carol that for years has got a sentimental attachment to it and when you sing it you remember um, something in the past. But maybe it's singing Christmas carols. What is it that makes Christmas so special? Is it celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ? I mean, come on, that's where the church should really kind of go, yeah, that, that's pretty important this time of year because, come on, without Christ there's no Christmas. We remember this, this baby boy born in a manger, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born in little old Bethlehem. There's so many things that make this season important and special to us. And, but I believe that it's, it's possible that we can celebrate all of these things. We can remember and enjoy these things, but we can still miss the very thing that makes Christmas so special. We can celebrate it, we can remember it, but there's, there's other aspects of it that we can sometimes overlook, and those are the things that I believe truly make this season so very special. See, because what this season represents, what sets this moment apart, is something far bigger than just the nativity story. It's, it's far superior than Santa Claus. It's bigger than the decorations. It's bigger than having Christmas trees and, and family gatherings. It's more than the gifts that we get and the gifts that we give to one another. It's even more than the ham and the turkey. There is uh, shock horror. I should have said a disclaimer before this message. I'm sorry. But there's something bigger than even the food. There's something really special about this season. But there are things that we can overlook that... And if, we, and if we do overlook them, if we miss them, then we, are, we truly miss the real magic of the season, what sets Christmas apart. It says this in Matthew 1, 18 to 24. It'll be on the screens if you don't have your Bibles. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. 
But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Bit of a roadblock there. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, in one translation says he was a good man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, and so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. When we think about the, the magic of Christmas, this introduction of the Savior of the world to humanity, I think that the thing that is so special about this time and this moment in history is the lasting effect that this announcement and the fulfillment of this prophecy has for us even today. That it happened all those years ago, but the, 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 the importance of it, the significance of it, the, the lasting effect of it is just as relevant and just as important for us sitting here gathered today on Christmas Eve as it was back then in that moment. That he is Emmanuel. It's not he was, but he is still Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is with us. He is with you. You are not alone. That is good news. That is something to get excited about over Christmas time. And that is something that we can never forget. God with us. We are not alone. And I know that that may not have a huge impact on some people this morning. But for the rest of us, I don't know if you've ever felt lonely before. There's a couple of nods. There's a couple of acknowledging. I, I know what it's like to feel lonely. Don't know if you've ever felt like you're trying to do this thing called life and it feels like you're trying to do it by yourself. I've been in rooms full of people, but you can still feel lonely. There are times that we can be physically surrounded by people, but we can still have this sense of being completely alone. You can be married and still feel alone. You can have a house full of kids and still feel distant. You can have neighbors just a few meters away, and we know what that's like. We've got a neighbor who's spraying the, his driveway two meters from our bedroom window at seven o'clock this morning. Praise God. Love you. Merry Christmas to you too. But you can have neighbors really close to you, but still feel isolated, still feel lonely. Can I say you can even come to church and you can feel lonely? See, back in Genesis with Adam and, and Eve, there was this moment of choice where they, had, where they chose to disobey God, and, and so sin entered the world, and this separation took place between man and God. And from that moment, man has tried to attempt to bridge this gap again between us and God. But as sinful people, we could never and we will never be able to bridge that gap in our own works, in our own abilities. And sometimes sin in our own lives and decisions that we have made can cause us to feel alone. They can cause us to feel isolated. But even more broadly than that, sometimes there are things that have happened to us and happened in our lives, situations and circumstances that, that, that occur that cause a sense of separation for us. Maybe there's a breakdown in relationships. Maybe there's a hurt from the past that causes us to feel alone. Maybe like Adam and Eve, there was a choice where we chose 
um, our way over God's way. And so in the process, there was a separation that took place and we feel alone. But the declaration of that angel to the world in that moment, that Jesus will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with you. He is with you. There is no longer a separation because he has bridged the gap for us. So you can have messed up, but you're still not alone. You could have lost a family member this year, but you are not alone. You could be going through tough times, but you are not alone. You could have done a million things wrong, and yet still you are not alone because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And that announcement made that day is as relevant today as it was back then for Mary and Joseph, that he is with you, that he was God with them in the manger, and he is God with you right now, whatever you're facing. He is with you. And for some, I know Christmas especially can be a a time that that you feel lonely. It's a a lonely time for some people. But God's promise is that you you are never alone. You are never alone. No matter how you feel, you are not alone. See, something that's really important to grasp and, and to understand the context of this, this moment in time and, and the significance of the statement is that when this announcement was made by this angel that, that, that Jesus was coming, that he was going to be called Emmanuel, God with us, this was the first message from heaven to humanity in about 400 years of silence. For 400 years, there had been complete silence. God had, had previously in the Old Testament, we read, he had spoken to people through the prophets and, and there was a, a dialogue that took place. There was instruction, there was encouragement, there was words from God that, that, that people were receiving. And yet for 400 years, there was complete silence. No prophecy, no word of the Lord, no angel speaking, nothing for 400 years. I mean, that's four, five, six generations of people without a single word from heaven. Imagine your great-great-granddad and all the generations since all dying without hearing a single sound from heaven. Silence. And that's what it was like until this moment in time. And then God said, enough is enough. And at that moment, he sent a message that would, um, and that moment would hold significance from now and from then until eternity come. That God doesn't want us to be alone, that he has come personally to be with us, that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that he himself will personally be going with us in all that we do. I'm I'm going to be with you in your coming. I'm going to be with you in your going. I'm going to be with you in your family. I'm going to be with you when there's nobody else around, in your joy and in your heartbreak, in your triumphs and in your struggles. You won't ever be alone because I am with you, and that is God's promise to us, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm going to be with you in the hard times, and I'm going to be with you in the good times. I'll be with you in the good Christmases and in the bad ones. I'm going to be with you regardless of whether you're single, you're married, or you're divorced. I'm going to be with you through your addictions. I'm going to help you through everything that you face, and I'm going to be there when you overcome obstacles. He's not going anywhere because he is Emmanuel, God with us. And so you never have to worry if there's anybody in your corner because his promise to you is that he is always there. He will always be with you. He is greatly concerned with what you're going through. Know that today, that the God of heaven 
is greatly concerned with all that you're going through. God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Here's what else that this announcement tells us. That he is Emmanuel, God with us. That he is with you. But that also means that he's never going to give up on you. He's with you, that's one thing. But it is a promise that he will never give up on you. The you that keeps doing that thing that you promise that you'll never do again. It's that you that he is with and he's never giving up on. The you that said that you weren't going to talk to your spouse or the kids that way ever again. But in the heat of the moment, it all came out again. It's that you that he's not going to give up on. The you that held back and didn't take that opportunity that came your way. The you that said one thing and did a completely different thing. It's that you that he will never give up on. And I don't know about you, but that's a great encouragement to me. That he will never give up on us. Now, please hear me. That's not license to not do our best and to try hard and and to reach to all that he has promised and, and he's calling us to. But what a great encouragement it is to know that the next time you get up after falling down, he is still with you. He is still in your side and he is still cheering you on. He is just that good. He is that good a God. If he is with you, it means that he is never going to give up on you. If he's with you, then the promise is that he's going to be beside you through the whole thing, lifting you up, encouraging you, spurring you on. He's not going to give up on you. Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What he has started, he will complete. He's not going to give up. He's not going to do a half-effort job. He's not going to leave you halfway through it. He will see it to completion. And we can be confident in this because it's not about us. It's not about us being confident of this, that he who began the good work, we didn't start the good work and we don't complete the good work. It's all God. It's all him working in us and through us. The declaration that God is with us is a promise that he is not going to give up on you. And if you're anything like me, that is good news when you realize how many times we fall. It's comforting to know that on my best day, he's with me. And on my worst day, he's still with me. When I get it right, he's with me. And when I mess up, he's still with me. What a powerful reminder that is at Christmas time that we remember that he came, we remember that he is with us, but we know that he will not give up on us in spite of what we've done, in spite of where we've gone, in spite of what we've said, in spite of the mistakes that we've made, he hasn't given up on us yet and he won't give up on us. Paul in 1 Timothy puts it this way, Christ came into the world to save sinners of which I am the worst. If Paul can make that declaration, we can make that too. That God came for us, warts and all, sin and all. He came for us. It's humbling to know that despite the things that we do that, would, that we, we assume would push God away, that he constantly pushes back with grace. He constantly pushes back towards us with grace, saying, I'm not going to give up on you. I know everything you've done. I've seen it all. I know what happened last week. I know what happened last month. I know it all. But let me remind you at Christmas time that I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. And no matter what has happened that you would think would push me away from you, I'll always push back with a loving embrace to remind you that I will not give up on you. 
Psalm 41, uh, 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present help in trouble. You know, even when you don't feel it, He is ever-present. Even in the troubles, even in the valleys, even in the dark times, even when you're tempted and you fall, even when you feel like you've blown it, He is your ever-present help because He will not give up on you. Not only that, not only is he with us and that he won't give up on us, but he is committed to you. Know that today, that God has a personal commitment to you and a personal commitment to me. When he said that he is with us, it wasn't that he was going to be with us only in certain moments and situations. It wasn't, I'm going to be with you whenever you think of me. It wasn't, I'm going to be with you the moment you walk through the doors of the church. No, it's I'm with you wherever and I'm with you forever. The statement, I'm with you, doesn't have an asterisk attached to it with fine print at the bottom of the screen telling us the terms and conditions of this agreement. It's, there, there's, it wasn't for a limited time only. There, it's not subject to availability. This isn't some far-off promise that seems too good to be true. No, this is truth, that God is with us. This is a statement of commitment, that God is personally committed to you. Not just to the good Christians, not just committed to the people who get everything right, but he's committed to those who even keep messing up, which means that he's committed to me and he's committed to you. Can I say God's love is bigger than our understanding? It's a whole lot bigger than what we can understand. And this Christmas story is not just the perfect nativity scene with a baby born in a manger. This story is a statement to humanity that God's love is so wide, it's so encompassing, it's so embracing that it includes those people that would disqualify themselves from his love and includes those people that we disqualify in our judgment. This love is committed to all. This love is poured out for all. It's available for everyone. God's love is big enough. It's wide enough. It doesn't let go in times when times get tough. It doesn't waver when things get messy. That is who Emmanuel God with us is. He's with us through it all. That's the love of God. That's the goodness of God. That's the kindness of God to us. But watch this. It says this in Romans 4.2. God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God's commitment is intentional. It's not just an out there, airy-fairy kind of commitment. No, there's an intentional reasoning for his commitment. His, God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Because when somebody loves you like that, the way that God loves us, you cannot stay the same. When, when we acknowledge, when we realize, when we grasp the love that God has for us, that he would love us even when we didn't love him, even when we were doing the things that would break his laws and break his heart, that he would still love us, then it leads something inside of us to change. There's an acknowledgement. There's a turning away from things. We don't turn away from things in order to try and qualify for this love, but this love freely given to us causes us to turn away from things. When your eyes are open to see that God would love you so much that he would make a personal commitment to never leave you or forsake you, to never give up on you, it changes us on the inside. And this is the love 
that he pours out for every single person. I promise I'd keep this to an hour service. Let me start wrapping up, Beck, if I can have you on the keys. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with you. And he's not going to leave you. And that's hard for us, for some of us to gravitate towards. Because we've heard it before. We've heard those lines before. We've heard I love you. We've heard I'll be there for you. We've heard I'll never leave you. But some of us have been let down. We've had examples in our lives of people who say that they'll commit to us, but they don't follow through on it. And so it's one thing to hear it on a Christmas service that God loves you, He's for you, He's committed to you, He loves you. But some of us view that through a filter of what we've experienced in our own lives. And it's hard for us to gravitate to the truth of that. But God's love, when He declares that I am Emmanuel, He wasn't just saying I'm with you. He was saying I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. This isn't an empty promise. Whatever may come, I'm committed to you. I'm never going to leave you. I'll be right here with you every step of the way. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says this, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing will separate us from the love of God that is revealed through a baby born in a manger that we remember at this time. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Emmanuel, God with us. Nothing will separate you from this love. Nothing will come between you and this love. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's not going to give up on you. He's committed to you. He's not going to leave you. And that is God's promise for you today. That's the heart. That's the message of Christmas. A love so great, a love so wide, a love that is so embracing. Sent to earth as a little baby boy named Jesus. And he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. I started off asking what's, what's really special about Christmas, about this season. You know, at the, at the Baumey house, we, we've got our Christmas tree up that's been up since the first week of December. There's presents underneath it. We'll be waking up early in the morning, very early in the morning. And we'll see the excitement on our kids' faces as they open the, the gifts under the tree. We'll be sharing the story of Christmas with each other and about the story of a little stable in the little town of Bethlehem and the Son of God born. 
We'll be spending time as a family and we'll be eating and eating and eating. We're having leftovers for the next week. We'll have our annual traditional water fight. It's just a thing that we do. We always have one on Christmas Day or Boxing Day. But I say all of that really just to say that we, we love this time of year. It's a special time for us. And I'm, and, and I'm all for that stuff, as I'm sure many of you are. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But I say that to also remind us that we're also determined to not forget what really makes this season special. What the true magic of Christmas is. And that is that Jesus is the present. Jesus is the present that has been given to us. But not only is He the present, but He is also present. He is the gift. He is given to us. He is, he is a present, but He is present with us in everything that we go through. He is present today. He'll be present tomorrow morning when you wake up. He is present when you struggle through hard times. He is present when you feel lonely. He is present when you feel like there's nothing going your way. He is present when we celebrate the good times. He is present when we walk into school, when we walk into work, when we walk into a tense family situation, or when we are by ourselves in the room. He is present because He is Emmanuel. God with us. I want to finish this morning with a part of a message that was preached on this very day, Christmas Eve, 163 years ago. It's an extract from a message from Charles Spurgeon talking about God with us. So have a look to the screen. Is the sufferer's comfort, is the balm of his woe, 
is the alleviation of his misery, is the sleep that God gives to his beloved, is the rest after exertion and toil. God with us is eternity's sonnet, is heaven's hallelujah, is the shout of the glorified, is the song of the redeemed, is the chorus of angels, and is the everlasting oratorio of the great orchestra of the sky.